Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tan, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. Welcome to the Industry Seating Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas, and we are officially done with the Pro Motocross Championship for 2023, but don't let that get you bummed out because we have this brand new Super Motocross Playoff Series about to kick off next weekend in Charlotte. So a rare weekend off, a rare weekend at home for myself, and then we'll go into this brand new dynamic, brand new venue in Charlotte. All sorts of newness to kind of work through. And I think it's going to be a learning experience for everybody. It's going to be a learning experience for the riders, for the teams, for myself, who, you know, we'll be talking about it on and off air for the fans to kind of understand how the points are going to work because it's going to get crazy. So, of course, I'll be talking about that as we go on and how that works. And uh, I would also invite you, we're going to do a uh, press conference type deal, like a multi-person Zoom call that'll be NBC will be hosting. That will be this Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So check that out. I think it's on Peacock. I don't know for sure. I should know that. Um, But I know we've already had a rehearsal and uh, kind of getting our ducks in a row for that, where we'll talk about the riders in it. We'll talk about what the points, you know, basically just trying to educate the viewer on what to expect. uh, Because we know this is new. This is All this is new, and we want people to go in understanding how it works, how the points escalate through the three rounds, the tons of money at stake for the riders, uh, because this is here to stay. And the more that people understand sooner, uh, it's only going to raise your enjoyment and, uh, you know, the entertainment level of all of that. Before we jump into what happened at Ironman, and I do understand it's a week behind, but that's okay. It was a week ago. Big deal. We'll, we'll review a few of the key things that went on championship-wise and results-wise. I do want to thank the great sponsors of this podcast, Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding. A brand new one for this week is Concept Coatings Design Co. They're based out of Australia, but they're also opening a new office in Temecula, California, and I will definitely tell you all about that here in a little bit. Works Connection. International Vet MX Series, Pro Glow Wash, TL Speed Shop down in Arizona, Grant Stone Boots, of course, my favorite footwear on the planet, and Fly Racing is my day-to-day business uh, interest. Yeah, sure, why not? So what do we see at Ironman? As I mentioned, it was the finale, the last race of an 11-round series, which used to be 12, for those of you who are highly in tune with the sport, and if you're not, you probably aren't listening to this podcast, right? So I'll just assume that you are. But 22 motos instead of the typical 24, I guess if you want to think about 2020, that was all sorts of weird, right? How many rounds we have in 2029, I think? Uh, So yeah, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But it was a great series overall, I thought. Um, We've had incredible weather overall for two straight seasons now. 
And uh, I am very thankful for that because, of course, all of you know that I've been helping with the broadcast team, and I, did, I haven't had to walk around in the mud. That's been really great. I'm sure my luck will run out. I'll probably jinx us. We'll probably get one of these three playoff rounds to be muddy or something. Uh, but so far, so good. I've been able to avoid uh, any sort of inclement weather and haven't had to wear my NBC Sports rain jacket, which I actually really want to wear because it's awesome. Um, but just a gr- another great championship. So many storylines to talk about. Now, if you want to talk about what was better between 22 or 23, of course, the battle between Sexton and Tomac in 22 was an all-timer. Like, it, it's going to be very difficult to top that ever. You know, it come down to the final moto, who be two type stuff. Like, that just doesn't happen very often, nor should we expect that. It was just, you know, one of those outlier years where we got a great storyline. And then this year it was like, you know, it's like feast or famine. You get all of one side, and then it's like it, you get this recoil, and it fills in the gap of all the things we didn't get uh, this year. So like 23 was an undefeated season. Jet just ran over everybody and we didn't get any real battles for championship wise. Like there there was no championship conversation since, I don't know, June, like realistically, like as soon as Sexton left the series, it felt like someone popped a bubble to me anyway, because I didn't see anybody after the first round that was going to be able to challenge Jet consistently. And that's what you have to do with a guy like Jet who doesn't make mistakes is you have to be there week in and week out. You can't give him an inch, let alone 10 miles like these other guys did. And uh, yeah, you see what happens. Jet runs away with it. He wins every moto. And uh, we'll talk about him in the power rankings. But in the 250 class, yeah, his, his older brother, Hunter Lawrence, got it done. He did the job. And I talked about it a little bit on the broadcast, the trajectory that his career has taken has been nothing short of remarkable. This was not a rider. If you went back to 2017, 2018, and many of you weren't, you know, you weren't in Europe, you weren't as connected to it. It wasn't your job to pay attention as much, but it was for me. So I knew about Hunter. I knew he was on uh, Suzuki Europe team that Stefan Everts ran and owned at the time. And he was an up-and-coming guy, but there was no consistency there, right? He showed flashes of brilliance, sure. Uh, If you watch the Jacksonville USGP, he was really good there. He won the 250 class at the Motocross of Nations that year in Matterley, which was a complete disaster for the USA, by the way. And I'll get into the Motocross of Nations here in a little bit this year. Don't don't worry. But, um, yeah, he was just one of those guys where I was like, man, he could he could turn into something, but I don't know. Like, I'm watching him at these MX2 races that I had the privilege of attending, and it, it wasn't anything to write home about. There was just so much up and down and good and bad and crashes, and it just – it wasn't like a shoe-in for him to be this guy. Then you flash forward to him coming to America. He rides the 2019 Pro Motocross Championship. Wasn't anything fantastic. I don't think anybody could say like, oh man, I, I saw it then. Like I would call you a liar. Like, I don't think there are very few, you know, maybe his agent, Lucas Myrtle was a believer. I'm sure his parents were, but I don't think a lot of people are like, no, this is going to work no matter what this is going to work. I I would vehemently disagree with that statement at the time because there were just, there were no sure signs of that. You move through 2020 Supercross wasn't, you know, really anything. He barely raced uh, injuries and COVID and all that crap. He didn't look good in Salt Lake. We did that seven round series. He didn't look good at all, to be fair. Then we go to outdoors. Not much there to talk about either. Injuries, um, up and down, right? Like just more of the same. It was it was like reinforcing 
all of the questions that I had about him. Not He was not doing anything to diffuse the questions. It was just adding fuel to the fire, if that's the side of the coin you were on. Then it starts to improve, right? 2021, he starts to turn a corner. You're like, okay, this is like, this is something now. We're talking lots of podiums, uh, top three in the championships, things like that. Like, you're okay, that's that's something. You can sink your teeth into that. Doesn't mean he's going to be champion one day. It's just what you want to see if he's going to stick around, if he's going to make this his lifelong career where he's going to be a high earner and not going to have to go get a job at 26, you know. These are the things you need to see from him, and you're seeing it. Jump to 2022, he makes another step forward. Remember him battling with Christian Craig? He was really the only guy that could give Christian any sort of fight in that Supercross championship. Um, And then outdoors, you know, of course, Jet got the best of him, but they were great. Both of them were great. He ends up getting third in the championship because of some inconsistency. I think that's fair. You know, Jet, or excuse me, uh, Joe Shimoda beat him at the very end, but you could see it progressing. Like there, I don't think the, the never ending question or just these, it was like kind of looming, right? This question of like, is he going to make it or not? I think those started to be answered. I think you could say, nope, he's, he's going to do this. Like this is going to happen. I was getting there anyway. Right. And I'm, I'm putting my, the lens that I was looking through onto this, but what else can you do? Right. I can't see, I can't speak for other people. And then 2023, it all comes to fruition. He really, kind of, um, yeah, makes himself known, right? Like this is what, if in his mind, probably what he always thought would happen or what he dreamed of happening, but he's here now. Like he has arrived onto the scene in 2023 and no one could argue it, right? You watch him in Supercross, he was the best guy. He won a bunch of races, he wins a title. He did all the things like he could overcome adversity. He could get a good start, a bad start. And then in motocross, I would say that there was never a time where I felt like he wasn't the best guy. Um, I knew he was dealing with a ton of injuries. And then you look at the bike situation at Southwick, you know, and the, the only time that I'd be like, ah, I don't know. I don't know here. Like I still would, if I had to bet, my money still goes on him. But like leaving Washougal was the one time where I was like, eh, I don't know about this because you could say Red Bud, sure, but I talked to people on the inside there who all said, no, he's okay. Like, he's fine. The The issue that he was having is is a very short-term thing. He overreacted, and he's going to be just fine. So I left Red Bud thinking, okay, we're probably good here. But Washugo, I was nervous. I really was. You look at Deegan. Deegan really stepped up. He he absolutely took charge of that situation. And Hunter, was he was hurting. And I was like, if he doesn't get a lot better – like health-wise, over these next couple weeks, Deegan could get hot and run away with this thing. We've seen it before. Uh, we have absolutely seen people get hot late in a series and run away with the championship. Think about Grant Langston in t- 2007. The door opened. Stu, Stu went out. Red Dog, uh, Tim Ferry, couldn't step up to the plate. Like He just didn't perform over the last few rounds. Andrew Short, same thing, didn't perform over the last few rounds. Michael Essie, same thing. And Langston got hot and took advantage of it, and won the title. That's just how it happens. And I was scared that was what's going to happen to Hunter. I was scared Deegan was going to find this crazy pace that he did at Washougal and get freaky here in the last few rounds. And that's not how it went at all. We know that. But that was that was my fear. But to, to Hunter's credit, he overcame all of the adversity that was thrown at him. Tons and tons and tons of injuries that were nagging. 
Uh, I spoke to Doc G. I spoke to his dad. Like there was just so many things. It was a constant, like just a, they're just managing him, right? It was like a triage unit at all times, trying to get him through week to week and just get out there. Um, he had a bike issue during the summer that he crashed really hard. They didn't really talk about. And then all the, all the crashes we saw at the races, like he was just a walking wounded through most of this championship and was still able to get it done. So I think personally that when we go to Charlotte, you're going to see him on his best form. He'll have this time to take off. He's going to be healthier. And I think you'll see him back on the winning form uh, versus just the kind of limping through the weekend that he did uh, at Ironman. So congratulations. I wrote in my notes, like if you're not a fan of this family, you need to you need to really look at take a look inside yourself um, because I get to spend more time with them at Ironman than I ever have, and they're the real deal. They are. Um, they are there for the right reasons. They have gone all in on their kids. They have sacrificed literally everything. And I understand if you have other, you know, if you're a Deegan fan or whoever, that's cool. Like I'm good with that too. But some of the comments and the hate and like, I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't think that's warranted. Um, some people give you reasons to not like them. They absolutely do. I've seen it. I've been there. I've been the person not liking certain riders for certain reasons. I just personally don't think that this family, whether it's Hunter or Jet, give you those reasons. They don't legitimize any feelings of malice or hate's way too strong of a word, for it, but disliking. I, I don't think that's fair. I don't think they deserve that. So um, if you are one of those, one of those people that finds yourself just kind of not gravitating towards them, I would invite you to take a second look. I really would. And I don't take, I don't make or take that comment lightly. Um, I just think they deserve it. I really have come around on them. I really like them uh, as a family a lot. Uh, Joe Shimoda, I mentioned, he was fantastic. 1-1 on the weekend. I don't know what it is about late season stuff with Joe, but it works for him, right? Like you look at the run he went on late in 2022, then he goes 1-1 at the finale in 2023. Now he's going to make this switch to factory Honda. HRC to replace Hunter Lawrence for 2024. That will come with more pressure. Uh, he's going to be the guy for Honda, right? And you look at the success that Honda's coming off of, I'm sure, I, I don't think they're going to tell him, but <clears throat> goes without saying, they're going to expect deep down, maybe even subconsciously, to continue those winning ways. And Joe represents that, right? And, and yes, Chance Hymas will be in that foray. But Joe is the guy, quote unquote, right? Joe is seasoned. He's experienced. He's a veteran in this class now. He's won in this class now. He will be expected to carry the torch for Honda's 250 program as Chance Hymas recovers from ACL surgery. And he's going to be kind of making his, you know, real run at Supercross, right? Last year was a learning year, top 10 guy. But um, I don't think they expect him to win yet, right? They expect Joe to win. Make no mistake about it. They expect Joe to win. Uh, Justin Cooper made his final pro motocross race on a 250. He will be making the jump to the 450 class full-time for 2024. But before he does, he will be riding the 250 in the super motocross races. So that'll be interesting. Um, I think he could do some damage. You look at his starting prowess and what these tracks are going to be. They're not going to be like big supercross whoops that could maybe be a little bit of a, a weakness for him. It, they always kind of were. They won't have that. So if you told me that Justin Cooper won these super motocross playoff races, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Like that wouldn't, I wouldn't even bat an eye, right? He's on really good form right now. He's great starter and he, oh, for, oh yeah, he's a former supercross, you know, 250 supercross champion. So uh, yeah, he could be a, a, I don't even want to say a dark horse. Like he shouldn't be a dark horse. He could 
he's going to be a contender for these things. Uh, Hayden Deegan, um, you know, I don't know what to make of his last race. Uh, it was okay, right? But I, I think anybody looking back at the final three rounds would say they were a little bit of a letdown. It would just be impossible to say that because he was so set up for success. That race at Unadilla, he was ripping and then, you know, his bike blows up. Then at Bud's Creek, he's ripping again. He's winning, red flag. And then the finale, yeah, it wasn't his best ride. But man, that jump, holy crap. That triple that he was doing before the finish line, TV doesn't do it justice and TV you know, or Instagram or wherever you saw it was plenty. Like that should have impressed you, but in person, it was big, man. It was really, really big. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of this kid. You know, I'm not saying they do everything right. I'm not saying you have to agree with their narrative or their promotion side. I'm, you don't have to agree with any of that. I don't care if you like him or not. I am a fan though, because this kid is so talented and he brings excitement to the sport. He is always on the edge of, I don't think even on the edge of control, but he's always pushing the envelope compared to everybody else. And uh, I think he just adds a lot to a class, and I think he's the future of this 250 class. So great job, great season from him, Rookie of the Year. Uh, there's so much to expect from him down the road, and it's all it's all deserved. He, he will go into 2024 as a championship contender, period, right? And uh, I thought it would be early for that. I didn't know if he'd ever get to that level, but here we are. He is absolutely there. The last person I have notes on in 250 class is Levi Kitchen, and I'm I'm a Kitch fan. I've really come around on him, more of like his personality, but his riding style is so impressive to watch. He looks so much like Kevin Windham on the motorcycle to me, and I watched him really closely in qualifying at Ironman. He was the fastest qualifier, and myself and a few other people, and we were just like, wow, like he is so gifted um, when he's on, like, and he's off sometimes too, like that's... One of the things he's going to have to sort out is, is finding that form every time. But when he's on, he has it. He has the goods to win in this class. He absolutely does. Now he's going to switch teams. He's going to go to Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, can he carry the same same level? You know, is it going to make him better or worse? Like he'll be in California now. Like there's going to be a lot of change in his future. So we'll just have to see what that does positively or negatively for Levi Kitchen in 2024. Uh, that's going to take us into the power rankings. But before we do, we'll talk about the sponsors really quickly. Pirelli Tires has that brand new Diablo Super Corsa SPV4. That is a mouthful, but that is a brand new street tire that is out now. Go check out your local Pirelli dealer for more information on that. Guts Racing, they have seat covers for all sorts of power sports and e-bikes. They have complete seats for betas. And you, as you know, Benny Bloss and Colt Nichols are on factory beta for 2024. Those Sarans that everybody's so excited about, the uh, those e-bikes, that they, they look like a lot of fun. They have seats and, and seat covers for those. So check out GutsRacing.com for more information there. Graphics, they sponsor the Rockstar Husky team. Anything with power sports or e-bikes that cover seats or graphics, they can dial you in on. Palm Creek Funding. Now listen, interest rates are high. There's just no way to get around that. They're like 7.3 or something, which is insane. Like we're at you know, multi-decade highs. Like we're talking back to the financial crisis levels or prior. That's not great for buying or refinancing, but some of you don't have a choice. I was talking to some people last night. They have, they have to buy a house. They don't have a choice. They're moving. You know, they're, they got relocated for work. So guess what? You're going to probably try to put as much down as you can and then finance the rest. And that's just what you're going to have to do. Like there, you don't have, some people are not in a place where they can put it off or maybe their family's growing or whatever, right? So sometimes 
You just have to make a move even if you don't want to. And hopefully rates will go down and they can refi. But if you look at the historical nature of interest rates, we're not that high. Like if you, over time, I'm talking if you looked on a 50, 60 year chart, this isn't crazy, right? If you looked in the 80s, we were 12, 14, 16% interest rates, right? So those are, that's insanity. This is not, this is just higher than we want to be. You know, if you look, if you're comparing it to the last few years, yeah, it feels really high and it is. But the point of this whole thing, the most long-winded sponsor read ever right now, is if you're in a position where you need to buy something or you have to move across the country, call Zach Morris at Plum Creek Funding and just find out what your options are, right? Because they have so many ways to navigate this that you may not know about. Jumbo loans, you could do a 15, so you pay it all faster. It's going to really help. Uh, you're not going to pay so much interest, right? That amortization rate, you could put as much down as possible. That's certainly going to help. Um, you could do, I don't even know if you'd want to do it, but you could do an arm, like an adjustable rate. If you think rates are going to go down versus up, that's something you could look at doing. It's called an arm loan. Uh, but they're the experts and that's who you should be asking. So reach out to Plum Creek Funding. And I mentioned earlier, a brand new sponsor for this week is Concept Coatings Design Co. And they're based in Perth, Australia, but they're new uh, office in Temecula is about to open up. So they do lots of things. Uh, they do anodizing, Cerakote, all sorts of stuff for your motorcycle, laser engraving. So whether it's a bicycle, motorcycle, they could do your rims, they can do your frame, like bicycle frames. If you go on their Instagram, which is that exact thing, it's Concept Coatings Design Co. You can see a lot of their work. That's what I would invite you to do to start with. But one of the coolest things I think is coming, right? They're setting this up where in Southern California, in Temecula, they're going to have a full race shop. So let's paint a picture for you. You are a privateer rider, which I was, right? And you think about a guy like Justin Starling or Logan Carnow or one of these guys that do well, but they don't have a setup in California where they have a race shop, they have a place they can work on their bikes, they, a place they can really call a home base throughout the, you know, the December and January and February months where you want to be in California. This is perfect for that. They do full race builds. You could have your own like uh, setup, like a race shop stall. That could be your home base there. They're going to go to the tracks during the week, like Supercross tracks, to help people on site. They, they can do race bike prep. So say you're a privateer and like, I don't have a full-time mechanic. I need. They can do that. They can do your, your prep during the week. So it takes all of that load off of you. And a privateer guy, all they have to think about is training and racing. Now, of course, it's going to cost money to do these things, but to have a person basically as a one-stop shop for you to go racing and say, I just need someone to take this burden off of me so I can worry about getting better. And there are a lot of people like that out there, right? There are people that have funding, they have sponsors, their parents are helping them, that they just don't have the other side of the equation. They don't have the execution part. This is where Concept Coatings Design Company comes in. They can alleviate all that. And it's going to be a great, we talked about this privately, he and I did, of like, this doesn't exist, a place for these privateers to just make their home base and their home race shop that they can work in and out of and go practice every day and give themselves the best chance of success. So check them out. Uh, I would go on their Instagram. You can DM them there. If you have questions about it, reach out to me. I'll certainly connect dots. Uh, the name the name of the gentleman that, that owns this is Benji Dawson. Great guy. I've known him for several years now. And I think it's going to be a really successful enterprise. I think it's a great opportunity because I think of myself in that situation as a privateer. When I went to California, it sucked. I was like trying to pit out of the race truck every day and like 
running around. We didn't have a place to really work from because the, the, the semis closed, right? So it's not like all the tool carts are out and you're just dialed. Having something like this would have been awesome, right? And yeah, we have to pay for it, but yeah, it's worth it. That it's something like that. I don't mind paying for something if you're getting me, giving me great value. And that's what this is going to be is great value. Works Connection, they have all sorts of products, right? They have that brand new chain gauge that uh, if you haven't seen it, it basically instead of sticking two fingers in between the chain and the swing arm, there's this chain gauge now that makes it a little bit more scientific. So you get the exact chain uh, adjustment that you want. They have those Yamaha foot peg mounts for the 2023 YZ450. They should try Chris, Chris Kiefer help develop those. Uh, and you can also save yourself some money with the promo code JT23 when you check out. So check out Work Connection. Go on their Instagram. Great company. Great pe- More importantly, great people. Uh, Pro Launch Start Device. It's what everybody uses. Jet Lawrence whole shotted like 10 million times this summer with a Pro Launch Start Device. They use it for a reason. Think about that. They can use anything. Honda could build their own if they really wanted to. But to, they choose to use Works Connection. Pro Glow Wash, great company based in Shreveport, Louisiana. It is a Power Sports formulated bike or Power Sports wash, right? It's think about like a Simple Green or what are some of the other washes I've seen over the years? Um, anything. It's something like that, but it, this is specially formulated for Power Sports, Power Sports people. And uh, yeah, they deserve your your support. Like if you're going to buy wash, right? Don't go to Walmart and buy something off the, you know, off the rack that's not made for this stuff. This is made for exactly what you're doing. Think about that chain lube and the street grime. If you have a street bike, all the chemicals you put, you know, the oil, like if you have overflow from your engine, it gets all that crap off. That's what Pro Glow Wash does. TL Speed Shop, my buddy Jason Cobb is in Wickenburg, Arizona, and they have this great company where you can fly in and they have trophy trucks, they have side-by-sides, all these things that you can Basically, you're renting from them, but they have everything set up and you go out with them and they know the trails. They know where to go. You can go wine tasting. You can go to Baja. You can go to Sedona, Arizona. You can dream up your own trip, right? They're open to that too, but they are the experts in this space. And I think like the family side of it's really cool to me. Like if you wanted to go a getaway that's off the beaten path, like a lot of people want their vacations to be really active. I don't personally. I just want to sit on a beach or at the pool. That's, that's my idea of a vacation, but that's not for everybody. Some people want activities, and this is a great opportunity to take advantage of that, and especially the season we're going into where it's going to cool down. It's going to be really nice during the day in, in the Arizona area, so you can get out there and ride all day without it being exhaustingly hot. Um, so, the, yeah, we're kind of going into that time where TL Speed Shop makes a lot of sense. Corporate events, another opportunity, right, if you want to get – if you're in charge of uh, a team and you want to get out – and do some team building and bonding. Um, you know, I, I think this is an opportunity for that. International VetMX series is a motocross series based around uh, the vet riders, right? Like I would say, thirty and up crowd is really who they're catering to. They're weekend events. You get tons of track time. There's typically like live music on Saturday night uh, after the first day of racing. Usually like a three moto format. But it, it gets away from the rat race of amateur racing and mini bikes and these crazy mini parents and all that. So like it, it's just not about that, right? If you're a business professional and you like to go racing on the weekend, this is exactly who they're trying to provide a great opportunity to, right? You don't have to go to a race, wait 12 hours, ride four laps, and then go home, right? It's going to be better than that. More track time, better schedule, weekend event. 
That's what this is about. And there's one race left for 2023, so you should definitely check it out. It's in Lewiston, Idaho. It's run uh, by the you know same crew, right? There's a different. There are different chapters of the international, or it's what it's it used to be called Old Timers MX. So that's what their website is: oldtimersmx.com. But there are different chapters of this group around the country. And uh, so we had a couple races at Washougal. There was one at Mountain View, and the Oregon chapter ran that. Now we're going to go to Lewiston, and that is on September 15th and 16th. So two weekends from right now is the last event of the 2023 year. So go check check them out. If you have an opportunity, there's a race. You hear about it here. Check it out on the website. I highly recommend these events, especially if you're in that, that demo that I'm talking about, that 30 and up crowd, which is obviously me. Uh, but that's that's what I struggle with with amateur racing is I don't want to be there all damn day. Like I don't want to get there at six and then leave at dark and I rode seven laps. I, I don't want to do that. I did that for years, right? That's what everybody did that grew up racing. That's what I find so interesting about GNCC formats is I know if I know my wave takes off at 10, I can get there at 9, 9.30, ride for a couple hours and be back home by one, two, something like that. And still have still do what I want with the rest of my day. Like that is such a such an attractive uh, opportunity as far as going racing. And that's what I think. You know, I think this International VetMX series represents a little bit of that. Is where you can actually enjoy your weekend too. Even if you're there all day, they have things going on, and it's not just to sit in your lawn chair waiting for your moto for ten hours straight. Like that's just not what this is about. Grandstone boots. I I think I'm gonna wear them today. It's a rainy day in Boise today. Temperatures are coming down. It feels like fall. We're, we're not there yet. It's still, it was still really hot. But um, yeah, it just makes me think I can break out my boots and, and jeans and dress up a little bit. So I will be checking out my Grant Stone collection to see what I'm going to pick. I would invite you to go to grantstoneshoes.com. You can check them out on Instagram as well. See all their great products. Um, I dare you to find a better shoe or boot than these. Um, I haven't. I bought lots of shoes in my lifetime and the quality of this product is hands down the best I've ever seen. So kudos to such a great company for doing such a great job. Last but not least, Fly Racing, go to flyracing.com, at flyracingusa on Instagram to see our 2024 line. Check out that Formula S helmet, revolutionizing the helmet space once again. All right, let's get back into some racing. I know you guys don't listen like listening to the sponsors. I know, I know, but it's a part of it. And I do appreciate you listening. I do appreciate you supporting all these great sponsors, but I know it's not why you tune in. So I try to, I try to make it entertaining, but it's, yeah, we're, we're talking about, talking about companies. We're not talking about racing. All right. I just had a sip of coffee. We're back with our power rankings that, and it's not the final power rankings, but it's the final power rankings of the pro motocross. And I, I brought a couple people back in because some of these people are going to be back. For pro motocross, or for, excuse me, for the super motocross playoffs, and and I'll be honest with you, I don't love the term super motocross, not my favorite. Um, but I don't get to decide these things. It's, I, I, yeah, it is what it is. I can be honest and say it's not my favorite term that's ever come up, but I don't have to like it. It's not important for me to like it, big picture. So I'll just, uh, yeah, I just don't want to be like, oh man, they nailed it. Like I don't know, I don't. Super motocross is a little. It's just cheesy to me. I love this these playoffs. Like the concept of it, I love. I think it's amazing. I just don't think the name necessarily got it was right hit on the head personally. But enough about that, and more about the power rankings. At number ten is Grant Harlan. And if you told me 
the beginning of the year, Grant Harlan would make it at the final race of the year into the power. I'd be like, you're out of your freaking mind. There's no way. There's no way. Like, there's too many guys. The field's too deep. There's too many factory guys. Like, it's just impossible. But here we are, and he deserves it. He has been really good all year long. He qualified at the opener. I think he got, like, 15th, and I was like, damn, like, that's pretty good. Like, Harlan, man, that was impressive. And then it just really never stopped. Like, he just kept impressing me all year long. Now, there were some bad weekends in there. It wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. But I think as a body of work, his 2023 campaign was uh, was something that everybody should commend him on. Like, it was just one of those where if he had a banner year for his career, this is it. And maybe that doesn't mean he can't do better moving forward. I have just been wildly impressed with Grant Harlan in 2023. Number nine is Garrett Marchbanks. And I, I, I mean, really, this is the turnaround for Harlan, or excuse me, for Marchbanks. If you followed his career, it's been a lot of, hey, is this, is this Marchbanks guy ever going to do it? And I think that turned into, well, nope, he's not going to do it. Like I, I was starting to turn the page on Garrett Marchbanks' career. I just didn't think he was going to make it happen. Um, this is a guy that won the 2020 Daytona Supercross. Like this is not a nobody. He was a prodigy as a youth. Uh, everybody wanted him coming out of amateurs. And then it just really never kind of happened. Like he was really, and maybe you could say COVID got the best of him because that race, he won Daytona. We went to Indy. Then the world stopped. And I remember seeing him at the airport. We all flew home Friday morning from Indianapolis. He was, he was at the airport. I was talking to him about how great Daytona was and how impressed I was. And he was like, yeah, man, I just, this is a bummer. Like I have momentum. And uh, then it just never resurfaced. Like it, it's a shame, you know, and uh, he's getting back on the 250 for these playoff rounds, which is, I think, I think I heard that maybe, maybe for 2024, he's going back to, to a 250. Maybe that's what it was. But I was just shocked to hear that he's going back to a 250 at all. Um, I just don't think that's the right place for him. I think he should be on a 450. It uh, doesn't mean that he's going to go win 450 races, but I think a 450 is where he showed this summer he blossomed, right? He's a big guy. He's, he's a large person, and I think the 450 allowed him to kind of find himself. And I, I don't know that on a 250, you know, that, that bike, the Club MX bike, they're going to really have to get it together engine-wise if they want to compete. To me, that's what, you know, they got to get Garrett to the front on the starts. And if they get him to the front, anything's possible. But if they don't, it's going to be more disappointment. It's going to be more frustration again. Uh, so we'll see. I, I would, it just caught me by surprise when I heard that he was going back to a 250. But don't let that, don't let that get in the way of how great of a summer it's been for Garrett Marchbanks. At number eight is Adam Cincerillo. And AC is kind of in this no man's land for me. Um, He's awesome. Like, I'm a huge AC fan. He's one of the most honest, transparent riders in the field, if not the most. And I love that about him. But it's also been a rough go the last few years for AC, and everybody knows it. Uh, but he's in this no man's land of results where this was the guy that everybody expected to win, and he's not in a place to win anymore. Like, there's not a time where the gate drops where I think he's going to win anymore. And that's, that's a shame. Uh, he was leading that moto at Bud's Creek. And Jet was way back, and I'm like, I don't know. I just don't see it. Like, I don't see his arm being strong enough for him to win this moto, even though it looked like it looked so promising. 
I just didn't, I couldn't find a way for it to work. Like, I don't even know, like Sexton was having a meltdown moto, Jet was way back. But I'm like, I don't know, Anderson or one of these guys is going to get him. I just don't see it. And a few years ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, AC's going to win. This is the perfect setup. He's going to run away with this thing. Like, he's going to capitalize on this situation. And, uh, yeah, I just, I have not, um, I'm not in that place anymore. So it's a weird, it's a weird thought process with me and AC right now. Doesn't, I, I love him. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love him as a person and a rider. I just, results-wise, I don't, I don't know what to do with it anymore. Barsha's number seven, and if you think about Barsha going into these playoff rounds, he could be really dangerous. Um, he's going to have more time to prepare. You know, he had a, another week or two of practice, and he's a really good starter. He's a really good Supercross rider. He's really good on this type of dirt that we're going to see in Charlotte. I don't, I don't know if if people are counting him in when they should. Um, I think he's probably on the not at the top of people's minds as far as thoughts, and maybe he should be. I think he's going to surprise to the upside a little bit. So just something to think about, something to keep in mind. Uh, I think that Justin Barsha may surprise a lot of people. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll eat it right here on this podcast. But um, I think he's a guy to watch that not a lot of people are thinking about. Number six is AP, Aaron Plessinger. I don't know if it's Plessinger, Plessinger. I go with Plessing with a hard G Plessinger because that's what Jason Wygant told me it was. And I think maybe Scott, his dad, told him that's what it was. So I don't know. I'm going to ask the dude, what is it? Um, but yeah, it's probably something that we should know and, and without any question. He deserves that. But um, I mean, he is he's the man. Like you look at his podium celebration at Ironman. I don't need to go into details on that. Just go back and watch look very closely if you haven't yet and your eyes are going to get real big <laughs> like what went on up there is unbelievable um and the way he handles it and handles himself and just goes with the flow and makes the most of everything is just incredible like that guy is just he is so awesome uh i don't i don't have the vocabulary to properly describe that dude but he is he is great uh ken roxon is number 5 and I mean, you know, there was a whole thing that happened at Bud's where he wasn't, he thought that we were overhyping Jet, which is okay. Like maybe we were, but I don't know what else to do with Jet. He went undefeated. He's doing all the things that as a rookie at 20 years old. So if I go too far with Jet, so be it. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, and, and if you want to call me on it or any of us for it, I'm good with that. Like, I don't have a big pushback or I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Like that's, I'm, I'm good with that criticism and I'll, and I'll own it. Um, I just think that jet deserves all of it. And for Kenny, how this brings back to Kenny is I think if you want to be the guy that changes that narrative and you're like, Hey, we're pretty good too. talking about he and Tomac and Webb and whoever go do it. This is your opportunity. Go into Charlotte and shut everybody up. That's how you that's how you do it, right? I don't think tweeting about it is going to get the desired reaction and I don't think he cares. Like Kenny is not a guy that cares what other people think. He's just not. And to his credit, he doesn't. But I think if that's how you're feeling, if you're Kenny and you have this feeling, man, I don't like so what? Like we're we're really good too. You should be talking about us. Great. If you go into Charlotte and kick some ass, I promise you, 
everybody will be. And think about how we were all talking about Kenny leaving Indianapolis when he won, right? Like Kenny deserves tons and tons and tons of credit. But if you're not racing and you're not out there and you gave it one shot and you were super competitive, but you weren't able to beat Jed in the end, then I think sometimes you just got to let it go also. But this is your chance to steal all the limelight back. This is your chance to grab all the headlines, to be the person that everybody is talking about right here, right now, going into Charlotte, go do it. We are all going to notice and we are all going to absolutely give you the credit that you deserve if that happens. Number four is Dylan Ferrandis. And Dylan is in a um, a chase for a ride. He's trying to get a, on a factory bike. Um, few opportunities, but not the ones he necessarily wants. But we'll see how it goes. I, you know, To me, it's all about Supercross. And he hasn't performed in 450 Supercross. Plain and simple, he's been hurt. He hasn't done very well. There's just no other way to look at it. Like it's not really arguable in my opinion. Like there's you can't take the other side. He's the one that has to fix this. He has to go into Charlotte in these rounds and show everybody he can do it. And if if he does, I think his the odds of him landing the ride he wants or or a favorable situation go up. But that's up to him because Supercross is wildly important to sponsors and teams and we all know he can ride motocross, but that's not enough. It is not enough to just be good at motocross. You need to be a threat in Supercross to be on the teams that he wants to be on. Plain and simple. That's just that's all there is to it. I brought Cooper Webb back into this uh, because we're going into the playoffs and he's going to be back. He's at number three. And you could say, that's not fair, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I think it's fair. Uh, he was your second best, in my opinion, Supercross guy this year. He likely gets second in the championship if he stays healthy. Motocross, he was decent. He was top three, top five. And he's going to a, a team now where it's, it's the team he wanted to go to. He wanted to be on the Yamaha. And he's going to be in his home race in Charlotte. And I think he deserves to be three. So that's all I, that's all I think about it. But um, this guy's going to be fired up. Like, if you're looking for a person that could have a breakout performance, I think it's Cooper Webb. We know the whoops are his liability. Guess what? There's not going to be any whoops. So he knows that. We know that. And you know what that means? That means buckle the F up because Cooper Webb's coming in hot. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this guy's coming in hot. That doesn't mean his results are going to be phenomenal. I'm just saying motivation-wise, someone who has fire in their eyes, like when you look at them, it's going to be just absolute determination. That That is going to be Cooper Webb this coming weekend. I, I, that is my prediction. Number two is Chase Sexton. And Chase, brother... Just keep your head up. Um, I am a believer, and I feel like Hulk Hogan saying brother, but I really like this guy, and I feel like he is really bummed. He feels like he let people down. Um, I think he feels like this summer he was a disappointment, and don't listen to all that crap. Don't listen to other people. Don't listen to yourself if that's what you're telling yourself. You are better than that, man. You are a bad, bad individual, period, end of story. I won't listen to anybody else to say the, the, the opposite of that. Or there are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of naysayers. I hear them. I hear them privately. Um, they don't think mentally he can hold it together. That you know, There's a lot of that out there right now. And I'm just not here for it. Um, I am just a big Chase Sexton fan. I've seen him perform when the pressure's on. I've seen it. So you can't tell me that he's always going to buckle. I, I've seen him step up to the plate when he has to. So I'm just not here for that. 
doesn't mean I'm right and anyone else is wrong. It's just not my opinion. I am I am a big time Chase Sexton guy, and uh, I think we have seen we have a lot of great Chase Sexton days ahead of us. Um, so there, that's it. That's my take. Uh, I don't care if he knows it and never hears it. Whatever. Um, I just wanted to get off my chest because I don't like all the naysaying around the Sexton narrative right now. Um, he is too good, and he does he deserves better than that, in my opinion. Number one. I like to make one guess, and you shouldn't need it. Uh, it's Jet Lawrence. He deserves this. He is the best rider in the sport right now, worldwide, in my opinion. Um, I think he's going to prove that when we go to France. But he is he is absolutely unbelievable, and he should take a bow. All the great things I said about Chase Sexton are true, but Jet deserves all the credit he's getting. He deserves us to talk about him like we were talking about him. I don't care necessarily that Kenny doesn't like it or disagrees with us. That's okay. I'm cool with that. But to say that Jet doesn't deserve the superlatives we've been bestowing upon him to me is is wild. Like I'm out on that. Like he deserves all of it and more. This kid has won five titles in a row. He won every single moto of this Supercross Championship. He pretty much dominated 250 West this year. I don't, I don't know what else you want. I, I you know he led. Most of the laps, he was almost always the fastest qualifier. He is he, he just doing it all. He is doing it all. So, um, yeah, you don't have to like him, but you damn sure better respect him. That's all I can tell you because he has earned it every step of the way. If you're you know a pro USA guy and you're just like, I don't want an Aussie guy to winning, okay, fine. But you better respect him because he. if you do not give him your respect, then I don't respect you because he – has earned every ounce of it. He's done it the right way. He's been kind. He's been hilarious. He doesn't talk crap to people. Uh, I, I don't know what else you could ever want in a, in a rider than this. Like He is the total package. He is the most marketable rider that I've seen since Ken Roxon and Kenny's heyday, period. Like Kenny was the ultimate for me. Good-looking guy, like super ripped as, like, as far as fitness goes. So you could like market him with casual clothes. And he just he has that like just Kara's charisma, right? He's so charismatic. He has an international appeal because he's German. Like Kenny was the ultimate marketing tool for me. Now I think Jet is becoming that, right? Jet's still young, but he is developing into that good looking kid, funny, great in front of the camera, really fit. His results speak for themselves. His talent and his style on the motorcycle are beyond reproach. Um, Jet, Jet's the man. He is. He is absolutely the second coming as far as this sport goes. And the only thing that I can th- that can stop him, I think, is injury. That's it. Other than injury, Godspeed to everybody else. Um, it's going to be a great, great run up to 2024 with him because there's going to be just so much to talk about with him and Tomac and Webb and can he do it? Can he not? Um, how does Sexton rebound on the KTM? Right, because we know K- uh, Sexton's going to Red Bull KTM. Uh, so yeah, Jed is the man for now, and we'll just see how it unfolds. But um, many of the comments I made about Hunter Lawrence is if you are not on board with this Lawrence family, check yourself, learn more, and come back to me because they deserve they deserve at least respect. You don't have to love them, but their respect has, is warranted. Uh, so that's it for this week. Motocross the Nations team will come out this coming week. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I know off the record who the team is. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna, I think it's gonna take some people by surprise. I'll just say that, uh, it's an interesting team. 
Um, I'll be there either way. I'll be on the broadcast team at Motocross Nations, uh, cheering us on, cheering our Team USA on like always. Um, but yeah, I'll cover the Team USA announcement next weekend, of course, as will I, the Charlotte SMX race. So should be a great show next week. But please check out all the sponsors. Check out brand new this week, the uh, Cerakote uh, company. Um, they're going to have that full bike build up. I, I just think that's a great, great opportunity for a lot of privateers. And uh, if you need more information from them, please ask. But um, yeah, just a great company there. Concept uh, Concept Coatings Design Co. Uh, they're based in Perth, Australia, but they're going to be in Temecula, California very, very soon. Thanks everybody for listening. Please hit me up if you have questions, want to hear different content, like things, don't like things. That's okay. Let me know about it. Hit me up Instagram. My email is jason36 at aol.com. You can email me there as well. But other than that, we'll talk to you soon. See you.